I got it! When I first heard about Dave being trapped in a maze. One, two, three, four! I built a labyrinth. Can you believe this? Dave is trapped in a cardboard maze in his living room and he can't get out. Welcome to Dave Made a Minute, the podcast where a whole bunch of us are exploring the film Dave Made a Maze one minute at a time. The twist. Many of the participants have never seen the film. Some don't even know what film they're sampling. They get their minutes and they tackle them as they see fit. Here's your host from the Groundhog Day Project and Michael Myers Minute, Robert Black. Minute 71, Dave cuts down the chrysalis and the maze begins to collapse. To tackle Minute 71, we have Alex Thompson of Galaxy Quest Minute, along with Niall McGowan and John Parker of Batman It Returns. You come home, there's a giant maze in your living room. You're like, what the... There's a giant maze in my living room. I've heard of people rearranging the furniture, but this is wackadoodle crazy. This doesn't make any sense. It's like a fucking cocktail party in here. I get a few words from you before you go. Welcome to Dave Made a Minute, the podcast where we are destroying our own creation one minute at a time. I'm your host, Alex Thompson. Joining me in studio, we have our cell phone videography correspondent, Niall McGowan. Well, greetings. And our cardboard disembowelment correspondent, John Parker. Greetings, it is I. Ah, today, today we are looking at minute 71 of Dave Made a Maze. Minute 71 starts with Dave taking a mighty swing and destroying the thingy. What's with this thingy? It ends with <laughs> Leonard continuing to get disemboweled by a string and what looked like maybe a circular saw or something to that effect. <laughs> it's like it's basically, for Dave made a maze, Dave now unmaking a maze. Dave is much now is what, is what Well, you know, uh, the, so the maker you guys must like, unmake. Yeah. yeah, so you know, if you guys haven't seen it, spoilers for the movie, this is minute <laughs> 74 of it. Yeah, we're on minute 71. 71. There's nine minutes left after this. Mm. Well, I... I got the impression simply from the first thing i saw of this that yeah there will come a point where the maze has to be destroyed so it's not too much of a spoiler it's fine yeah that's one of those things like at the the end you find out no they're still in the maze this one's funny because in minute 45 they got out of the maze and figured out they were still inside it because it got bigger maybe the maze was inside their heads the whole time whoa man and whoa Arguably, the maze is inside Dave's head. Even though it's not. <laughs> I thought it was interesting watching this minute. Uh, we talked so much in our, our first minute about sort of how it it felt almost very kind of typical slasher. Kind of in, as a counterpoint to that, all the survivors here, at least so far, are men. Oh, yeah, that's a good point, actually. Usually men are the expendable ones in a slasher film, but... Well, well, yeah, yeah. At the very least, everyone we see here in this minute is is, is male. Yeah. Well, they're uh, in this minute. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah there the there may be there may be some women here also somewhere else in the yeah. Maze, but, there, there there may be a yeah. there may be women yeah. there around yeah. too. I get the impression as well with the maze collapsing and whatnot. Maybe there's maybe there's one more death to come. Oh. Someone should get crushed. <laughs> mm. No, I, I mean other than the one in the minute. <laughs> yeah. Although even at that, at that though, is just like he's still going at the end of this minute. You never know; he, he can make it. He's just it's a little disemboweled. It's still good. It's still good. Yeah. It's an intriguing effect for the disemboweling as well. Mm. 
I, yeah, I like yeah. uh, how how would you describe it? It's kind of like um, string. I don't know. <laughs> silly string. Silly maybe. string. It's like oh god, remember silly string? That was the coolest uh-huh. thing in the world when you're a kid. That's a, that's a, because it looks like it, out of context. If you if you were to say, it, oh, he's been disemboweled, but if, you know. If you had a filthier mind, <laughs> you could also say yeah, it, it looks like something I, else is happening as well. Did, uh, yeah, uh, uh, one time I watched through this and I'm like, is is he being gratified? <laughs> By a puppet? Yeah, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, this guy's really getting off in this maze going down. He's like, oh, finally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we don't know exactly what this silly string is that's <laughs> gording everywhere. Ew. Oh. Uh, <laughs> It kind of looked like feathers as well, which then yeah. made me think of uh, there's a Ramstein song where the singer is is being Ramstein. relieved by like an angel. <laughs> so, uh, it made me think of that. I can't remember the title of the song now. It's going to really bug me. I know they have a song called Engel. It's um, not Engel though. It's it's, it's newer than that. <laughs> Right, edit this bit out. I'm gonna have to look it up because it's gonna really, really. Yeah, it's gonna drive me nuts too. I, I know, I, I, I know the video you're talking about. Um, let me see. Let me go on my YouTube because I watched it again last night. my recently watched. My, my go-to thing with rap style is that uh, one of the the hardest I've ever laughed at anything was one of my friends describing the video for America to me. And they go, <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know what it was, but it was just him just trying to tell me about what it was. And then he was just doing this little dance going, and I'm going like, we are living in America. <laughs> and I don't, it was one of those things. I was just, I could not stop laughing at it for about 20 minutes. <laughs> and he wasn't doing it. He was sitting just like, yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. I and think I the video you're looking for is mind tile. That's it. Mind tile, yes. which means like my, my part. Goggle. Which, yeah, yeah. which which kind of means means penis because I think it's yeah. about the uh, the cannibal. What was his name? Ar- Armin Armin Muse. Uh, who Armin Shimmerman. Armin Shimmerman. Oh my god! No wonder you haven't seen him much lately. Armin Tamzarian. <laughs> oh, don't don't bring up that name. <laughs> this is Armin's tile. <laughs> I feel bad for that Armin Tamzarian episode though, because in context of how bad The Simpsons got, that's actually a pretty okay episode. <laughs> I love that episode. <laughs> oh, I, I remember even at the time, like when, in, when I first saw it, when I, I guess what, like twelve. Just the ending of it really bugged me. Of like, mm-hmm. just the show been lazy enough to be like, <laughs> let's we're just, just not pretend this never happened. Under penalty of torture. Yeah! That's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> no, that really well, bugged me at the time. I was like, no, that's not because there used to be a sort of a believability to the town of Springfield, where it's like, yeah. hey, it's cartoon, but I get the functions in a certain way. And then those later seasons, they just gave up, and they're like, hey, Krusty the Clown knows who Jimbo is. How the hell would Krusty the Clown know who Jimbo is? Yeah. Why would he be hanging around with Jimbo? Why Why would anyone... Why would Ken Brockman know Homer by name? Like, you know, that kind of thing. It's like, it doesn't make any sense. The worst is still Mo being a fan of Lady Gaga. Oh, well, that's just the worst episode. It is. And I... Oh, yeah, there's nothing wrong with her being in it. That, that'd be cool if they'd spent more than two minutes writing the episode. <laughs> I think it's because it's such... 
I, I, I don't mind a celebrity, a celebrity cameo, but when the cameo is just to basically gratify the celebrity. Yeah. Because that, that whole thing is just like, there's not, I don't know, there's one word said against Lady Gaga. There's no criticism. It's just like, isn't she weird? And it's like, well, that's her whole thing. She knows that she's, she's performing. She's uh, professionally yeah. weird. Not weird, weird, but like, exciting weird. It's like that episode of Friends where Brad Pitt shows up. Oh. And they're just talking about how handsome Brad Pitt is the whole time. And it's like, and he, Brad Pitt himself is a funny guy, but he's not given funny material because he's just there to be eye candy. And it's like, mm. is this just so Jennifer Askin could be like, look how hot my boyfriend is? <laughs> it's like, yep. Did not, did not, does not sit. If you're going to show up in something, take take the hits. Like if they if they want to roast you, come on and play up to those <laughs> things. You know, like you know we. We uh, we mention Armin Tamzarian. Uh, speaking of alternate names, Arminator here, for those who don't know, played by professional wrestler John Hennigan, a.k.a. John Morrison, a.k.a. Johnny Nitro, a.k.a. Johnny Mundo, a.k.a. Johnny Superstar, a.k.a. Johnny Bag, a.k.a. Johnny Onyx, a.k.a. Johnny Spade, a.k.a. Johnny Impact. I was going to say, are you going to get his current one in there? And you did. Yes, I was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I love him. He's Morrison, great. Yeah. Is he like... James McAvoy's character in Split or something. <laughs> he has like 50 different freaking personalities. Yep, he's all of them at once. <laughs> yes. That actually would so be They're all basically the same there. character, yeah. <laughs> well, seeing as, I mean, other than, I mean, John Morrison and Johnny Nitro were a little different, but basically the other ones are all the same guy. It's just a different surname. Oh, they're, they're exactly the same. Yeah. I like the way he just changes it, though, because he was Johnny Nitro. If I remember, it's because Eric Bischoff was the general manager of Raw. Yeah, I think so. And he used to, of course, run WCW, and their flagship yeah. show was Nitro. And he brought that mm-hmm. guy in as, like, his number two in the storyline. Yeah. So it's like, oh, that's why he's called Nitro. It's like a little in-joke, see? Yeah. So now when he moves company, he often does just, like, well, yeah. now he's in Impact Wrestling, as it's called so now. he's Johnny he's Impact. Johnny Impact! <laughs> and when I think he was in uh, Lucha Underground, he was Johnny Mundo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he wanted the people going. Oh, so it's Johnny Lucha? Like, nope. <laughs> I'm, no. just a, I'm going to wrong foot you because I thought you, you can see it coming. But I, hey, I'm not going to play into what you think. Yeah, he's clever. Clever, you see. <laughs> uh, he was never Johnny Raw though. Uh, no, because that sounds like a, a very different type of entity. Yeah, Johnny Raw sounds like a different type of an actor. They keep coming back to some very puerile things <laughs> in this minute in particular. Johnny Raw. Like it's just the material that we've been given, you know. We have to do something with it. Well, that's the that's the problem. I, I, there's so many great things in this movie. Well, in these clips I've seen, but I, I don't really know how to discuss them without go, just going. This looks great because everything in this minute is fantastic. Seeing the whole mm. maze collapse and what's this like statue with, with the crazy eyes? <laughs> yep, that is Olmec from Legends of the Hidden Temple. Played by uh, D. Bradley Baker, I believe. Oh, amazing. Yeah. I love yeah. it. It's got a very... Um, there's an Indiana Jones feel to this this scene, obviously. it's a, I could imagine a boulder chasing people. <laughs> a but like face. a cardboard boulder. Yeah, a cardboard... Yeah. See, that would be funny. Put that in. <laughs> the, the, the giant face made me think more like Prometheus. But I guess that's because Prometheus is so... I think I was the freaking poster and everything. <laughs> that movie was like, hey, it's a big giant face of a thing. Although, technically, we should be thinking... Gotham, because friggin' yeah. Tim Burton Gotham City, big stone faces just jutting out all over the place at you. Very like that, in fact, yeah. Uh, I was I... thinking of the face of Bo, but that's... Oh? 
I, I'm, I'm just going to assume, even though I know otherwise, that you mean my friend Bo. <laughs> You're friends with Bo Bridges? I you am. Tell me that. Oh my god. Good friends, good friends. He stayed around my house last month. Oh, I should, uh, should tell him next time that I really loved him in uh, Masters of Sex. I thought he was, one of the, he was one of the most bearable parts of that show. <laughs> I, I haven't seen it, but uh, I will tell him. I'm sure he'll be grateful. <laughs> it's like they knew I was coming. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Holy Jesus Jesus Christ! It's a conspiracy. Um, one other thing, though, is that now he's he's on screen. Uh, the the guy here holding the the, the camera phone uh, with the big thick specs. Um, because I know this guy when I saw this movie, it's like I know him because that's Grant, the producer from uh, Review with Forrest McNeil. Have you guys ever seen Review? Uh, I have not. No. It's, it's one of those shows that's like, it was amazing, but it completely flew under the radar. And it got cancelled after three seasons. And the third season's only like three episodes long. But it's like, um, the, the, the pitch is a guy played by, uh, Andy Daly, who like, people know Andy Daly pops up and loads of stuff. Mm-hmm. But he's in like, he's a doctor in Sil- Silicon Valley and stuff like that. Oh. But, uh, the, yeah, his whole thing is that he's a reviewer and he's going to review life. But he's very perky and like, just wants to do everything like really properly, and he's very enthusiastic about the job. But uh, so literally, people can just write into the show and be like, "Yeah, you should review doing this." And I think like the, the first episode is like someone writing in is like, um, "I've got a box of like homemade pancakes that is like it's good to make fifteen pancakes." It's like, Why would anyone make fifteen pancakes? What's it like <laughs> to eat fifteen pancakes? And the guy's just like. That that's you want me to review that? Okay, I'm going to review eating 15 pancakes, and then go, uh, a whole extended bit of them going out to a restaurant, and then trying to eat 15 giant pancakes, and they'd be like halfway through, absolutely dying from just like the, just how f- filling and treacly and sugary and stuff everything is, and then his producer Grant, this guy, will literally come over and be like. You're gonna you're gonna finish these pancakes, right? <laughs> and just egg them on constantly. <laughs> and then like the next thing, you'd be like, right, I finally finished the pancakes. Next, like, what what am I reviewing next? And I'd be like, uh, what's it like to get a divorce? And then the guy's just like, all right, I better go and divorce my wife then. So he literally goes in and shatters his marriage. Com- just even crying, telling his wife, I want a divorce, and like ruins his life entirely. And then it'll come back to him in the studio. He'll be like lying on the floor crying, just like, oh, my life is over. I can't believe I did that. But, um, you know, uh, getting a divorce, half a star. And like the next thing is like, what am I reviewing next? Um, What's it like to eat 30 pancakes? (laughs) (laughs) Doing the same thing. But it becomes apparent. Throughout the show, though, it becomes apparent, though, that the producer, Grant, this guy, is just a complete dick, and he's just egging him on to do worse and worse things, so he can ruin his life, essentially. <laughs> it's a fantastic show, like, it really, if you can, it's very, very hard to track down, actually, like, I only, it was played here at, like, 3am and stuff, they had to, like, probably go out of your way to, to, to get it, but if you can find it, uh, you, you may enjoy Review with Por- Forrest McNeil, you see a lot of him, and it's like, the, this guy from Dave Sounds Minnesota. amazing. Oh, it's, it's really, really terrific. And I think that like the proper seasons are only like six episodes long or something, or you know, it's very, they're very short seasons. Actually, and talking what we've been fixated on, um, the, the, there's an episode that I remember where 
he has to try out a glory hole. <laughs> and no. He does it, he does it in like a really dirty public men's room. But he's under the influence that it's a woman on the other side, even though it's a guy. And he, he even meets the guy. It's this really dirty homeless man, but he doesn't cop, cop on that this is the guy who's done it for him. Mm-hmm. And he keeps talking about, like, maybe one day I will meet the maven of the stall and all this stuff. <laughs> it's yeah. uh, Oh, it's really, really terrific. But <laughs> Sold. Yeah, yeah. Uh. <laughs> that, sorry, that was um, a lengthy tangent so about review. Dave made a maze. <laughs> Yeah, there's just so many things here that, like, you look at and you go, like, this looks really cool, but I want to know more about it. It's hard, like, the the hanging strands of playing cards. Like, I want to comment on those, but without context, it just looks like cool things of playing cards. Mm. It's a good visual. Is this, um, there's a bit, sort of a, a little bit through the minute there where, is it fire made out of kind of paper? Mm. Yeah, I was assuming that was fire. That's uh, that's kind of an, a low-budge stage effect. Uh, for, yeah, for I love it. Effects. It's like you'd yeah. see a, a, a high school play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where we obviously can't set a fire on the stage, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, at this point in the movie, with the maze being destroyed, I mean, you could set fire to it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Now, for actor safety, though, like you're in a set entirely made of cardboard. Let's start a fire. <laughs> yeah, nothing can go wrong. No. <laughs> I know a lot of people though who have um, things in their house kind of similar to what's going on here. Like, see a lot of the fairy lights and stuff that are strung up and like random throws and things. Wait, you mean you mm-hmm. mean my house, don't you? Don't ask me about my business, Kate. Is it true? Don't ask me about my business. No. And- that doesn't mean anything. Like, I've been in a couple of people's houses that are just like, yep, very lights John everywhere. is so called out right now. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about this as well. <laughs> All right. This one time. People who have entire minotaurs made of cardboard in their houses like stupid John <laughs> Parker over here. <laughs> This one time, I let you ask me about my affairs. Don't you dare insult my Minotaur. <laughs> we do see the Minotaur briefly as well, in, in its full glory. We only got the little puppet Minotaur in the last time. But uh, you do get see, yeah, they got seeing the proper. Uh, oh, is that who that is? No. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, uh, spoilers. That ma- that might nah. be the Minotaur. <laughs> I thought that was Mola Ram. <laughs> it looks like his headpiece. <laughs> Oh. I think that Mola Ram should have kept that on the whole time. That was such a cool hat in the end. And then, to be honest, Mola Ram should be in that movie more. Why is there another villain that oh, kind of the... is only half in it? Yeah, I mean, like, the, the Indiana Jones guys cover that in depth, but that is a major problem, the fact that they introduced the character who was like, this should be the reveal of the villain. And then the actual reveal was, there's another guy. <laughs> yeah. And then this other that guy you originally thought could have turned out to be the villain is also a villain, but we don't really talk about it. <laughs> like, what, what the hell? What? You could have saved money and just had one actor. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I like that movie. <laughs> you know, so I'm free to insult it. But um, but yeah, the, the also say too. There's a bit you see like because we're t- you know briefly talked about Prometheus there. Uh, I don't know if it's supposed to be a direct visual reference, but there's that little sort of hexagonal corridor with all the little holes in it. 
Mm. That looked mm-hmm. very like something from like the Nostromo or something to me. Like, oh. Very alien esque. So like a big, you know, people tend to throw in little references in things like that. So I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if they did put that in. It's like, yeah, it's supposed to be like the the corridors of the of the Nostromo. Yeah, I was thinking of the corridors from Event Horizon to oh, yes. gore and blood, like we were. <laughs> I am a big fan of that movie. It, it that mm. doesn't seem to have uh, grown in praise throughout the years, like uh, some yeah. others we've mentioned. No, I think it has actually. I, I know a lot more people now who will be like, "Oh, Event Horizon is oh. pretty good." That I remember at the time it was like, "What the what the hell is this?" Uh, it's a it's a weird movie. It's pretty dark. Like mm. I know it's supposed to have been way darker. Like I know they actually yeah. Those little sna- snippets you get of them in, yeah, in tortured in hell. Apparently, there was sequences shot of it that they were like, "No, that's just too mm-hmm. much. <laughs> Let's get rid of all that." And then yeah, and I think down. the ending is them sort of going to that dimension, the, the alternate ending. So I think, mm-hmm. I think and they, a, they like travel there. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a, a genuinely like terrifying vision of hell. That because most oh, because you're so used to the Judeo-Christian like, oh yeah, it's a, a fire and brimstone. You're like, you're so you're almost like. It's like been in a hot tub. You're just used to it now. <laughs> and then, like, but seeing that, it's like, oh, that looks really horrible. It's like, yeah, that's what hell's supposed to be, man. <laughs> yeah, it's more like a, an eraser heady kind of thing. Yeah. Not eraser head. What am I talking about? <laughs> I'm, oh, yeah. all, I'm half asleep. I'm a pinhead, as in bloody Hellraiser. That's yeah. right. Yeah. The box. You opened it. We came. It's just a box. Oh, no. It is a means to summon us. Explorers in the further regions of experience. Demons to some, angels to others. It was a mistake! I didn't, I didn't mean to help, but it, it was a mistake! We can't. Not alone. You solved the box. We came. Now you must come with us. Taste our pleasures. Oh, no tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, yeah, let's see what else have we got. Because uh, we do have a, quite a, a series of little shots here. You got seeing the towers, the towers falling. Jaka, when the bulls fell. Yeah, googly eyes Ooh, and the big face. Grim, the towers falling. Darn yeah. love forget <laughs> what <laughs> well, here's, a, here's a question like you don't have to answer it now because you might know the answer in in this world within the maze right you know you as you say you see the columns they're falling down there do they have weight like so if that column hit someone who was in the maze would it crush them like a column would crush or is it weighted cardboard. like cardboard within that world still yes i think it's entirely just like cartoon logic because even going back to our first minute that we covered with the guy getting uh, impaled by toilet rolls for the record they were spindles not toilet rolls so they were conical in shape not just cylinders because they're still not sharp enough to go through a person not in the real world, anyway. That kind of answers that question in that, like, yeah, he got yeah. toilet rolls wouldn't impale you, but they impale him. <laughs> so that's true. You couldn't yeah. even sharpen yeah. a toilet roll, I think. Too. Yeah. I, my guess is it probably. It, <laughs> I, I, I've always said that you can't even sharpen a toilet roll. <laughs> like, this is my project for the evening. Now I'm going to sharpen a toilet roll to see if it can be done. <laughs> my guess you. is the physics and the weight of the cardboard work however they need to for the scene. 
Yeah. Mm. Or they worked however Dave wants them to work. So when they're needed to behave like solid steel, they behave like solid steel. When they need to behave like cardboard, they behave like cardboard. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think that probably <laughs> makes the most sense. And I think, it, yeah, it's... it's yeah, the, 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 I think I mentioned in another minute, but yeah, the, the 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 threats within are very real, but they just happen to look very very silly. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> so it, almost like uh, the way I viewed Cabin in the Woods, mm. like the the threats in the movie are real, but it it's done kind of daft and silly and poking fun at horror movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm not trying to think of anything else within. The scenery here that we have to yeah. we have to cover. Um, I feel like because we're near the end of the movie, so I think we should be like high energy, be like, "Oh, we're almost there, guys!" But like, this is our third minute. Almost minutes. there. We're too close. Stay on target. Stay on target. <laughs> Loosen up. Niall, you're not doing any good back there. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh. I can, t- I can right. talk at length about other episodes of review of people who would prefer to hear that again. <laughs> no, th- this seems like a very cool ending here. Like, yeah. obviously, there's still a few minutes left, but th- mm. th- this is very dramatic, action-packed. It's exactly what I imagined would happen towards the end. But no, I don't mean that in like, a, oh, I predicted it kind of way. I mean, like, this is what I want to see at the end of this movie. Mm. This is, yeah, there, this is the satisfying conclusion to what yeah. you imagine the movie to be. Although my my cat would be devastated because I'm sure she would love a cardboard maze like this. Cardboard. I do wonder if it was. If it fits, I sits. <laughs> I do wonder if it was a bit heartbreaking though for the people, like the set designers and the people who actually made who made this maze, who made made the sets, because like you put all this time in, and it looks you know it's obviously very handmade. So you'd be like, ah, oh, I gotta tear it down now. Because like I know some people are like oh I'll be, I'll be desperate to tear it down after all of that I'll be like oh, I'll be so gratifying to rip everything down <laughs> but to me it's like no no that's why I never get those like those cake shows where they're like look at this intricate beautiful cake we've made now you can eat it <laughs> it's like what I've spent ages making that what the hell are you doing yeah I used to be pretty active in theater and usually it would be it would be a cathartic feeling to take it down although you would save a little bit. Uh, so you'd save a a small piece of the set since you've got it, you know, if, especially if you did something custom for that. But then otherwise it would be – it's a very gratifying feeling to be like, oh, let's tear down these fucking things Mr. off Gorbachev, the wall. Finally. Tear down this, this wall. wall. <laughs> See, I just have, like, memories, though, of, like, when I'd be playing with my niece or my nephew when they were very, very little. And you'd build like a nice little tower out of Lego or something, and then they'd just come over with a smile on their face, they'd just knock it flying, and everything would go everywhere, and you're just like, oh, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, I spent ages making that, you little. <laughs> Some people yep. enjoy these, the semi permanence of things though, like, um. Yeah, they call them what, mandalas, right? The, you spend hours and hours making yeah. this elaborate sand uh, art, and then just go, <sighs> <laughs> yep, gone. And, and to some people, that's like the point, almost. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, well, one of my favorite bands ever, the Sex Pistols, mm-hmm. uh, this is weirdly connected. The, the manager, Malcolm McLaren, always thought, well, actually, and John Lydon, they thought it might be kind of cool if we n- had never made an album. 
that was what they thought at first. Like, wouldn't it be interesting if we just never put out an album? Mm. It's semi-permanent. You've got to be there, experience it in the moment, gone. Yeah. And it's actually, although I would be devastated because I wouldn't get to listen to them now, um, I think that's actually quite interesting. Like, there should be more bands out there now, like, I'm not putting out anything you can hear online, nothing. You've got to come to the show. <laughs> well, all, all art is ethereal, right? I mean, a theatrical performance is there and it's gone. Yeah. You know, if, if you, you know, a, a musical, live musical performance is there and then it's done. Even if you, uh, record it on some form of digital media, you know, that's decaying. Mm, yeah. You yeah. know, you wait long enough, that digital media, the electrons will recede and, if it if it's something that's recorded on paper or on paint, you know that will eventually rot. Mm. All art is all art is decaying. It's just a matter of how quickly and how hard people are working to try to preserve it. But then we could get really deep and talk about the permanence of energy. Mm. <laughs> it's never truly lost. Mm. I don't know what you're, you're saying, John. This made me think of um, Jerry Sadowitz. Like there's an American comedian, apparently. I think he's Scottish, but he's American, American born or whatever. But like, um, ah, yeah. You see pictures of him, and he's like, kind of, almost looks a bit like Slash. Always has big curly hair and a top hat on him. And apparently, his stand-up sets from back in the day were phenomenal. Like people who saw them were like, mm. he is the greatest comedian I've ever seen. But his whole thing is like, none of the work was ever recorded. It was never oh. taken down for posterity. <laughs> And I guess now you could always be like, well, anyone could say that. It's just like, hey, I did a stand-up set, and it killed a couple of years back. Well, I did. <laughs> I, I will tell you. I, I did do. Yeah. And it was it was the best thing people had ever seen, I heard. Uh, mm-hmm. Word of mouth. Although I think there are a couple of little, particularly now in the age of YouTube, there's a couple of little slivers of Jerry Sadowitz out there. I think he did do a TV show for Channel 5 as well. But I'm talking about, like, the, the old school, yeah. like way way back in the day across the count of time down the long hall into history back uh, but yeah so now he, he's kind of got this legend of been like i was i'm one of the best comedians there ever was but there's no proof <laughs> it's just like <laughs> yep, you just had no convenient <laughs> if you were there that one night oh <laughs> let me tell you your life was changed forever we're we're taking the opposite approach with podcasting, really. We're we're, we're permanent. I'm assuming it's going to just spread everywhere. It seems to be on uh, websites I'd never even heard of. Yeah, you, you just type in like, well, we we do Batman, obviously, but type in your own uh, podcast, and it'll just show up on like Pod Knife <laughs> things like this. Like, what the hell is that? A pod Knife. <laughs> what is that actually? Pod Pod. <laughs> yeah. This is some of these things that they start off, like things like pod knife. It's like, you know, there's already so many pod catchers. Why, why do you think you're going to be able to compete like, with your pod knife? <laughs> it's a good question. Uh, anyhow. Uh, well, yeah, uh, well, I guess speaking of pod catchers, uh, guys, uh, what is something about a pod catcher and where the people can find you? Uh, if you want to find us, just shine the beacon into the night. Mm. Yeah, but... Well, actually, now tell them where they can actually find us. <laughs> you know, you'll never have to say thank you, but um, no, that's a you can shine a beacon into the night, but it probably won't do much good. Um, you can just go be more proactive and go do it yourself. You can just go uh, to Google or any of your podcatchers and type in Bat Minutes. You'll get us talking about Batman. Batman from 1989 and Batman Returns currently and in the future or perhaps in the past when you're listening to this. Uh, but Batman is Forever. Is it future or is it In past? the future. <laughs> is it future? But, uh, <laughs> um, and yeah, if you want to, we, we do have a, uh, 
a page for discussing the show and just Batman and just DC in general. And even just the movies of Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson and whatnot. We have the Batman at Listener's Cave on Facebook. You can get in touch with us on uh, Twitter. Uh, not many people do. The Facebook group's the most active, really. And we have an email mm-hmm. as well, but like, yeah, <laughs> it's it's uh, Facebook's usually the best place to, to get us through, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the actual show is just available through any iTunes and any other podcaster that you should happen to use. If you use Podknife, apparently we're on there. I didn't realize, but we are. And if you really want to hear us. Li- almost literally losing our minds and going insane watching Prince movies. We have some specials on them as well. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, those are those are pretty good. <laughs> it took like about four hours talking about Purple Rain. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, but um, mm. anyway, but yeah. So just get us there any any old time. <laughs> by Grebthar's hammer, by the sons of Warvan. Listen to Galaxy Quest Minute on your podcatcher of choice. Uh, also, uh, Independence Day Minute and Cleveland Six going deep into Major League. Uh, uh, all those things, yes. I wanted a Jeff Goldblum impression. <laughs> I, I'm still working on We haven't gotten to Goldblum yet in the movie. Uh, I've still got time. Uh, uh, How have we gotten to any I'm main not. characters? You might have uh, a time to get to one. I think that... Uh, <laughs> Um, the, uh, but the thing, yeah. No, I, I gotta, I gotta work on my Goldblum a little bit still. <laughs> I, I still have a few minutes before I get there. I think I've done it's actually it. harder than you think. It, it in is, your mind, it's simple, but it's not. Yeah. I think that's actually... Cause it, it's an essence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's coincidental. I think in, cause I'm, you know, doing the outros for Batman now. I've just started doing other voices as well. <laughs> so like, I think I did a Goldblum one, and this week I did Alan Rickman, coincidentally enough. Uh, but I don't want to tie it into doing a different one every week because it's like I'll run out of voices pretty soon. <laughs> so it's like uh, every other oh, week yeah. I'll throw in a new one. Yeah, yeah. I've tried like oh, let me run through every impression I can do. And it's like five of them and I'm done. It's like damn it, I thought I had a lot. I think once I get down to like my Toby Maguire, people are like, what the hell is that supposed to be? Yes, you can join his next Batman. It's like that doesn't sound like Toby Maguire. It's like no, it does. If you if you see Toby Maguire through my prison, it does. <laughs> All right, listeners. Until next time, go make a maze. Bye. Bye. And then I can probably disarm all the traps, and then we can we can finish this maze. Who is with me? That was Alex Thompson of Galaxy Quest Minute, along with Niall McGowan and John Parker of Bat Minute Returns, taking on Minute 71 of Dave Made a Maze. They may have escaped the maze. Next time, on Dave Made a Minute, we've got me, Robert Black of Michael Myers Minute, and a whole lot of other voices, taking on Minute 72. Thank you for listening to Dave Made a Minute. Intro dialogue snippets were taken from Dave Made a Maze, directed by Bill Watterson, written by Bill Watterson and Steve Sears, and produced by John Charles Meyer. Intro music is Diversion by The Equals, featured in the film Dave Made a Maze, and Life Cycle of a Match by Parvis Decree. Outro music is Leaving This Godforsaken Place and Her Presence is Strong Here by Parvis Decree. Dave Made a Minute is a production of Lemming Drop Studio and all other featured podcast producers. You can find more content at lemmingdrops.com. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Dave Made a Minute. If you like what you hear, throw us a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice. And check out all of the participants' other shows to spread the love around. Again, thank you for listening.
as long as we're all working together, this is going to be fine. It's going to be great. I need you to notify the families of everyone who died here today. Totally. Wait, what? Everybody, look! Armin Tamsarian's back! And he's going to take over the school again! Now, hold on. Armin Tamsarian is an unsavory character who played us all for chumps. All right, all right. So he's a fraud. I don't care. His mom doesn't care. Do any of you care? You all seem to be forgetting that I am Seymour Skinner. This is where I belong. You can't ask me to disappear just because you like some other guy better. I gave half my life for you people. Aren't I entitled to a little ticket? As a matter of fact, it was.